After School Special Podcast. After School Special Podcast. After School Special Podcast. After School Special Podcast. Wasn't so long ago, you didn't need very many fingers to count the different styles of basketball sneakers. And the price, well, you could buy a decent pair of sneakers for under $30. Way under. Alas, those days are long gone. And in their place, a culture where high-priced kicks mean status, power, and sometimes even big-time bucks. Natalie, 708 this morning. So for what would you camp outside a store for hours or days? A great deal on a plasma TV? How about the shoes? That's right. People lined up at stores all over the city overnight to get their hands on the new Air Jordans. Perhaps their feet in the new Air Jordans. It's got to be the shoes. It all started with Michael Jordan when Nike convinced us Air Jordans could make us fly. Having them on your feet was a status symbol. I fell in love with them. The sum worth whatever price it took, including murder. In 1989, one boy was strangled for his Jordans. Another one was shot. The story hit the cover of Sports Illustrated. Since then, the size of the athletic shoe market has more than doubled to $21 billion a year in the United States alone. Hey man. Yeah. You just wake up for something, your voice is like deep as hell again. No, no, I didn't. I don't know what's going on with that. Like I've been up since nine this morning. You know what you sound like. You sound like those people that want to be anonymous when they come on like <laughs> like Dateline or something. Yeah, yeah. And they're like in yeah. the shadows. Like, yeah. I did see the president do this to Monica Lewinsky. Like, damn. Yeah. Deep throat. Oh, deep throat. Yes. Deep throat. Yeah. <laughs> As speaking of archival stuff, like you saw the movie Air, didn't you? I did. So I watched Air, which starred Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Bateman, Chris Tucker, Marlon Wayans. So Viola Davis played Michael Jordan's mom. I love the way they had the movie set up, which... <laughs> I'm going to keep laughing because you laugh, dude. <laughs> because you sound like the way you sound, we have to talk about some unsolved mystery shit. Because this, oh, yeah. <laughs> this shit is too funny. Like We have to give you a, like, a pseudonym name. Like This is Chico. He didn't want to give his real name, so we're calling him Chico. Chico, yeah. what happened to Aaron? Is he officially back or is he under some surveillance? You're like, no, man. Last time I heard, Aaron was being shipped off to Cuba. That's what I heard. <laughs> With his comrades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the poll questions that I put on After School Special Podcast Instagram, we occasionally put polls on there. And one of those polls that I put on there was, what's the best show of the last 10 years? And I put Breaking Bad. Yeah. And I think we had... Close to 60% of people saying, yes, that is the best show of the last 10 years. So what do you agree with that or do you have another show? I like Breaking Bad, but I also like the sequel Better Call Saul, too. So, yeah, I mentioned that 
Did you finish that? I didn't finish. I didn't finish it, no. I have that to finish, and I have Ozark to finish. I still didn't yeah. finish that. How'd you like Ozark? It's great, but I'm on the very last season. See, things have changed with me when it comes to viewing shows. Back yeah. then, in the 90s, yeah. early 2000s, yeah. when shows came out, you had to wait, and you had to wait every week, so you didn't want to miss but with everything coming out so regularly, like a show like Ozark, I'll wait until I feel comfortable enough to like, all right, I got enough time. I really want to digest what's about to happen. So I'll wait yeah, man. months. I'll wait. Hell, I might right. even wait a year because I just know it's there and I ignore all the people that are spoiling stuff because that's an epidemic too. I mean, it's always been there, but I'm so tired of people racing to tell people that they watched or they were the first to do something. Like everybody's like Christopher Columbus. Like, no, you didn't discover anything. It's <laughs> it's been out. Everybody has seen yeah, it. Everybody's gonna see it, man. But yes, Ozark show I get weird. I don't know if you do that, John. Like, okay, like, what are you looking forward to seeing? Or something in the past that you look forward to seeing. But uh, you'll wait. You won't even see it the first day, even though everything is available, especially with streaming now. You you know, things are just out. Oh, I did that with Stranger Things. Like, I would wait. I want to stream the whole season. I don't like these episodes and then wait till next week. I don't go for that. That's something that I'm talking about, too. But I'm talking about even when everything is already out. I'll just wait. Oh, yeah. I think that's what it is. I'm not ready to let go yet. So yeah. it sounds lame, but it's like, all right, man, I know this is the last season. I know these are the last episodes. It's too much for me emotionally. I, I want to wait. So I did that with definitely Ozark. I did it with Better Call Saul because I think that's over. Yeah, Better Call Saul is over now. Yeah. So I'm doing it with that and I'm doing it with some other stuff too. But sometimes it's hard for me to let go of a show if I really, really like it. But I remember Mad Men was kind of like that for me because I caught on real late with Mad Men. Yeah. Because you develop all these high hopes of how it's going to end that you you don't want to be disappointed. Just like Game of Thrones. I didn't wait for that because of what we've been talking about, like how it used to be back in the day where everything would come out once a week. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to be left behind because Game of Thrones fans, they'll definitely ruin some stuff for you. So I didn't want to. Hell wanna, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't wait because I already knew it was going to somehow, some way, somebody's going to make a reference that I don't get. And then I'm like, I'm going to start thinking about what they're talking about. And then I'm, yeah. I'm going to make up my own mind. Like, oh, they must mean this. And it this ruins is, it for Yeah, you. this is about to happen. When, when they be like, oh, man, somebody died important. And you just like, what the f***, man? Like. Now I'm going to be looking for who the f*** died. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Well, you already do that even before you get to that point, but you still have that sense of uh, disbelief or, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. I'm just going to see how things played out. And of course, Game of Thrones didn't play out like everybody wanted it to. Mm-hmm. But for me, halfway through it, I was fine with it. I liked yeah. it. I really, actually, I loved it. People, and if you're listening and you didn't finish Game of Thrones, yeah. spoiler alert. Okay. So I'm just going to give out one spoiler, which ain't really a, a spoiler, but the battle against the Night King and everybody. Yes. That episode yeah. where everybody was complaining that it was too dark. I couldn't see. Yeah. And the fact that Arya was the one who killed him. 
I love that. I shit. loved it too. I, I love that shit. And she did the Air Jordan. Yes, uh, she did the symbol. The, the, jo- the yeah. jump man. Oh my goodness. She did the jump man. Yeah. I loved it. Everybody in hindsight, because of the way it ended, said, man, I wish everybody would have just died there. And that would have yeah. been the end. But I liked it up until the point. I think the first thing I didn't like was Jamie going back to be with his sister or his. his yeah, I didn't his like boot. that either. So wait, the show created all this tension with him and Brianna Tart. They finally get together, and I'm like, all right, finally, all this tension for all these seasons. And then he's yeah. like, ah, I'm good. Like, damn, hit it and quit it, huh? And then died, and then eventually died. Well, he had to die then. Uh, if you're gonna yeah, leave her, yeah, yeah you got to die. I thought he was going to die in her arms instead of his baby mama sister. Yeah, that was f***ing awful. (laughs) (laughs) And nobody liked the way she died because everybody wanted to, like, launch her into space. They wanted, like, blood. Yeah. Cersei got away easy. She got away easy. Well, technically, she got crushed by some rubble. Yeah. But you know what? I did like the thing about Daenerys going crazy like that was a fantastic way to start that episode. Her going ballistic, that was wonderful. But my thing was, it also showed that she can become a tyrant as well. I love that. John, I didn't hate that part. No, I didn't either. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey babies, you're liking the show? Well, thanks. Leave a five-star rating and a comment, please. Do you want to see the guys' faces? Well, they got YouTube videos. You can watch this podcast on any major platform you listen to. Rate five stars and comment. Thanks, babies. So, you wanted to talk about shoes from the 90s? Yes, so this week I did a little research. 90s is like the burgeoning of like yeah yeah <laughs> like the shoe era especially in neighborhoods like ours john like yeah Ur- urban areas nike reigned supreme in the 80s it was adidas because you know run dmc was rocking them they even made a song about it I mean, that was the big thing until Jordan came along and struck that deal with Nike and it just changed the game for Nike. Because no no athlete really had their own shoe. I think in a tennis game, I think they might have. But like anything outside of that, no athlete really had their own shoe. And I believe from the 80s with Jordan having his own shoe, then of course that sparked other people to have their own shoe. And then that's what air talked about because his mother was the one who struck that deal and said, only way you're going to get Jordan is if you give him a percentage from all sales with his name on the shoe. Smart. In the early eighties, Nike was for the most part, a track shoe company. Michael didn't even want to be at Nike. I couldn't even get him to get on the damn plane and go visit the campus. So I called his parents. And my mother said, you're going to go listen. You may not like it, but you're going to go listen. Mom, I don't want to hear her. I know what I want to do. I am not going to Nike's mom. I said, Michael, 
You have to give them an opportunity. And she made me get on that plane and go listen. Go into that meeting, not wanting to be there. Nike made this big bitch. I'm the father, so you got to be a fool for not taking this deal. This is the best deal. And what happened was, is the guy who was courting Jordan said, there's no way we can do that. You know, Nike is a public company. There's no way we would be able to do that. And she said, you know, the shoe isn't anything until he steps into it. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he went to Phil Knight and Phil Knight was like, I don't know. And then Phil Knight was like, let's do it. You know, if we rock the boat, we rock the boat. Nike wasn't really, it wasn't big at that time like at, at all i mean i remember like you said it was adidas even i think reeboks a little bit converse yeah. for sure because remember converse at least for basketball players yeah like adidas the big three was adidas converse and nike was at 17 percent of sales yeah nike 17 percent reebok yeah and i remember there was athletes like magic johnson larry bird had converse technically they had their shoe but it wasn't like jordan where it was like the guy had his nickname and calling car on the shoe and then later on he just set the trend but it was great business sense on jordan because i believe from what i read even before that movie came out that he was going to go with adidas yeah so adidas flew him over to germany because the guy who worked for nike told her this is what you're going to hear from these other shoe companies so it was nike and i think it was converse no it might have been reebok but what they said was you'll be wearing the same shoe as magic johnson and larry bird we took him out to meet converse which at that time was the official shoe of the nba the converse weapon that's the shoe that magic do what he was born to do they have Magic Johnson, Dr. J, Bernard King, Larry Bird. You already know what you did for me. What? I walked away with the MVP. The Converse uh, weapon. The number one weapon in the NBA. Converse had big players and told me we cannot envision you being put ahead of them. And his mom was like, so you're telling me he's not going to be number one. He's going to be behind top four athletes that are playing and they were like well he gets the honor of wearing the same shoe as them so that's what turned them off to that shoe company i think it was reebok or converse then they went over to adidas did you have a shoe company that you wanted to go with that was adidas i like the lakers you know, i like marcus johnson and i like adidas i like Adidas shoe you know? adidas was really dysfunctional by that time and adidas couldn't come down to who was in charge because it was a family-owned business and they were arguing at the table on who would make the final decision. So the mom said, we'll go with Nike, which was offering him 250000 to become their flagship athlete. Now, keep in mind, that's a lot of money at that time. And then on top of that, I like the fact that even though the movie was about courting Jordan, you never saw his face. You saw his parents' face, but you never saw his face. You only saw the back of his head. Good. And you only, yeah, you only saw the back of his head. He had a couple lines, but you did see like the actual footage of Jordan at that age playing like for North Carolina and, you know, for the Bulls. You did see that. And then Nike offered him because when they came out with the Air Jordan, the black and white Chicago's, when they came out with that, they were like, 
won't I get fined for this? And they said Nike will pay the fines for as many games you play in as long as you wear that shoe. And they even capitalized on that fact because they made commercials about the shoe being banned. I remember those right. commercials. And you can see those commercials on YouTube. On September 15th, Nike created a revolutionary new basketball shoe. On October 18th, the NBA threw them out of the game. Fortunately, the NBA can't stop you from wearing them. Air Jordans from Nike. But that was genius because young people, of course, will always gravitate to something that's forbidden. Yeah. Or people in general. Yeah. People in general. And it's in, it's in popular culture, too, because if you look at any of the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, that's what Miles Morales is wearing in the movie he's wearing the air jordans the very first ones they've translated into animation you know like it's a big deal i mean even space jam anything with jordan on it especially the shoes because the space jams weren't out but everyone wanted that shoe when they saw the movie i'm gonna skip to the part where i say i'm so damn tired of hearing jordan and shoes and i know we're talking about the shoes and the shoes look great but Ever since the early 90s, maybe even the late 80s, where I heard news reports of people waiting in line like they they're waiting to see the Beatles or waiting to see, you know, you name it. Like these are just shoes, man. And people are dying for these shoes. People are getting robbed for these shoes, especially it got sad when it was a regular occurrence and it happened to be in urban neighborhoods. Now. That's me as an adult saying it now. But back then, of course, I was one of those people waiting in line. I was one of those kids that begged their mom, please, I got to have these Jordans. I not only like how they looked, but I wanted to be included with the in crowd because the in crowd, they all wore Jordans and Nikes. And if you didn't have them, you was just like a bummy, bummy kid. Like you, your mom didn't love you. Your parents didn't love you enough. You're a poor ass. You're broke. And you just felt excluded. And you just had to have those shoes because you felt like you couldn't talk to certain people in school. And I remember as a kid that I at least had one pair a year for sure, because that's all that my mom could afford at the time. But I had to have it. Even though at that time, in the early 90s, I hated Michael Jordan because of my beloved Detroit Pistons, Bad Boys, Isaiah Thomas, Dennis Rodman, The Worm, Spider-John Sally, Bill Lambeer, Joe Dumars. Like, I hated Jordan, but everybody who hated Jordan still wanted to have his shoes because it was just, the shoes were nice looking shoes. And if you didn't have them, like I said, you know, you weren't invited to this in crowd, you know, fast forward 20, 30 years, everybody's wearing the same shoes. Like, it's just annoying. And as I was saying, John, did you ever feel like as a kid pressured to have these these Jordans? Because if you didn't get them, you wouldn't be like in the in crowd. You would stand out if you didn't have the Jordans or Nikes. Yes, I did feel the pressures of not having the shoe, and it sucked because my dad would not buy these shoes for me at all. Can you hear me? Your voice changed back to normal. How did you do that? Oh, uh, 
I don't know what happened. You're no longer so, in witness protection program. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, know. staff man's back. All right. <laughs> yeah. So I did feel the pressures of having them. My dad wouldn't buy them because back then when Jordans were coming out, they were way too expensive. Plus they were designer shoes and he felt like, hey, if you're not playing basketball, then you don't need to wear those. But I'm like, people don't just wear them for basketball. People wear them for you fashion. Know, fashion. So he would not let me buy those whatsoever. He wouldn't pay for them. The first pair of Jordans I ever got were Team Jordans, which weren't even the regular Jordans. They were just like the Team Jordans that were like, you know, just generic colors and well, stuff. Well, for like the that. young people now, when Team Jordans came out, the first Team Jordans that I can remember came out when the patent leather Jordans came out. The mm-hmm. ones that look similar to the patent leather Jordans, except these had like little tiny vents in them, and they were weren't those the Team Jordans? They- yeah, I'm not a Jordan aficionado. So here's the thing. So I remember my buddy went to get the shoe. But he used to ride the bus. I never rode the bus, but he used to ride the bus. He went to the mall, got the shoe. Mm-hmm. He's standing at the bus. Yeah. This guy comes walking up. He's about a mile off, and the bus has not arrived yet. And he's like, hey, man, what size shoe you wear? And dude is like, come on, man. I'm just waiting for the bus, dude. <laughs> and he's like, yo, what size shoe do you wear? And he's like, oh, my God, come on, man. And the bus pulls up just in time for him to get on it. And that's what yeah. I was saying, like. As much as I hated Michael Jordan because of my beloved bad boys in the Detroit Pistons, even people from Detroit who hated him still loved his shoe. So you kind of like at the time separated your hate for him as a Detroiter for the love of just wearing shoes because they're designer shoes, at least for urban areas. That's a designer shoe. But then later on, as he, you know, the Pistons got worse and he just started winning more championships, Jordan, then it just became like everybody just got to have these shoes. Yeah. And to be honest, you know, not to do revisionist history, but the Pistons made Jordan who he was. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. That's not revisionist history. And Jordan said that. Yeah. It took the Pistons to knock his ass around a couple of times to get him to get stronger, to be able to play against the bad boys. Because if you go on YouTube, type in Detroit Piston bad boys, there is a video of all the highlights of Bill Lambeer, Rodman, Jody, Isaiah, like the bad boys. Dude, I remember that the skull and crossbone on the basketball. That was like, yeah, we took a lot from Raiders culture too. Yeah. We would take their logo. A big thing at that time especially in Detroit, you would take a starter jacket and you would get the logos bedazzled with like rhinestones. Did you ever do that as a kid? <laughs> My oh, brother did. I did get something rhinestone, but rhinestones. it wasn't <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey guys, you can catch this podcast on any major platform you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to rate us five stars and comment on how you're liking the show. After school special podcast. You know, that hard goodness that you get the next day. Oh, yummy. From a day old donut at Dougie's. After school special podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's my childhood right there, mother. When did yeah. I come out? Podcast comes out every Friday, Friday, Friday. 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 It's too rough with shoes when I was a kid.
to keep shoes clean, keep shoes looking new, because I didn't care about that. I was a kid. I just wanted to play. I didn't want to think about cleaning my shoes and keeping them clean and keeping them like new. And I think I wasn't good at being a sneakerhead because I just didn't give a damn about keeping my shoes new or new looking. And it was too much pressure, especially when you come from a poor household. It's like you buy me, I think back then, $120 Jordans. And then you say, okay, now you got to keep these clean for a long time because we don't have enough money to keep replacing this. So it was like, right. all right, on one hand, you're grateful and you, as a kid, have these shoes so you can fit in. And on the other hand, it's like, well, I kind of want to play in these shoes. I was a rough kid when it came to like keeping stuff like new. And I still am because I just want to play. Beat, I would have beat the hell out of them shoes. Now I don't like I have them because I, I was so mad that I couldn't get them as a kid. I bought the ones that I wanted yeah. when I became an adult. So, man, it really depends on what your style is, like what you want to wear, because, you know, some sneakers may not look great to you, but I might like them and want to wear them. Like I've gone back and done some research on older sneakers that I've seen and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get these. But they cost so much now. I'm like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to make an investment and do that. And I do beat them up sometimes. It sometime. pisses me off now. Well, I don't pisses me off, but it confuses me is the better word. That these same Jordans that I used to spend $120, $150 on is not only way more now. I know it's inflation. Things cost more now. That's just the way mm -hmm. it goes. Yeah, they keep repurposing the same shoe. Now, of course, they put different colors different, and different yeah, variants different way. but it's yeah. the same damn shoe i get you i get you because that's the thing too like if it's a rare colorway it'll be extremely expensive but if it's like a common colorway it'll still be expensive depending on where you're getting it from you have shoe sites like ebay which now certifies sneakers before you're able to get them <laughs> you have goat who you can go in there and buy any shoe imaginable if they have it in your size, but then they get you on the shipping and then you can get shoes from stock X, which mm -hmm. that's 50, 50, but stock X, you can buy shoes on there. And it's kind of like the stock exchange, like the prices go up and go down and you can kind of haggle with prices. Like I just got a pair of Harachis from Mexico city. Like that's how far out they go. They, it can come from all over the world. If they have that size, they'll send it to you. But these so, shoes our value, not just Jordans, but just shoes in general now are like art pieces. Like yeah. you have to keep them in case they appreciate more in value. And then you yeah. like, geez Louise, man. I mean, these shoes do look nice, but the people that are making them are like situations. Yeah. Sweatshop. yeah. Sweatshops. Yes. Yeah, sweatshop so situations. Nike got in a lot of trouble. Nike got into a lot of trouble with the Malaysian sweatshops about the kids making Nike products for like only a nickel a day and the conditions are horrific and you know the kids should be in school and stuff like that. It, it became a really hot button issue. That the wages that Nike's paying to their workers here in Indonesia are clearly not adequate to meet uh, just one adult's basic needs. And we're just talking about an adult. What if you had children like these kids here that have been following me all over the village? So I guess we then have to ask the question, if, if I can find this information out with a very limited budget, 
Uh, and you've got Nike, who has a, a corporate social responsibility division of 120 people. They've got a budget of $30 million. Couldn't they come here and, and do this kind of research and, and, and share that information with the top people of the company? And if they have, uh, have they come to the same conclusion that I have? And, you know, people were asking Jordan at the time, like, do you know this, that this is where your shoe is being made and stuff like that? And I do remember that it was a, a big thing. I will say that Nike, as of late, Jordan has become his own brand. You know, it's still under Nike, but it's become kind of its own flagship. People still buy them. Like now as an adult and I make a decent amount of money, it's not like I want to rush out and get them. But it's like when you were a kid, you're like, that's way too much money. But now you look at it and you're like, oh, I can get those. But why? I don't need them, you know. And then the other thing to look at, too, is that what are you going to use them for? I had a friend who would buy two pairs, one yes. pair to wear and yeah. another pair on display. That's what he would do. He would have them for display for sale purposes. I'm not doing that. You know, if I'm wearing them, I'm going to wear the f out of them and then I'll just clean them up as best as I know how. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. You see, even that. Gotta... even that is a chore for me. As much as like I like my shoes to look nice, it's like at a certain point after like two or three months, I'm like, all right, man, f it. it's a scuff. It's a scuff. I yeah, really yeah, want to do. Yeah. You can't beat yourself up over a scuff. But some people, they have certain shoes they wear like when they go to a picnic because they don't want to get no grass stains on them. You know, some people How do you have, avoid the shits? It's yeah, yeah. Unless you like my buddy was like he had two sets of shoes. He would have a, the set he was wearing. And then he would have his active set that he would wear out into the field. <laughs> this, this is too much, man. It is. It, it is a lot, man. It's a very expensive habit. It's just like collecting, well, like I do, action figures. It's It gets expensive. And you got to be able to choose your battles, man. Like, you either want this or you want that or you don't get any. You know, like, you, you got to make up your mind. Because it is expensive. Yeah. And I come from a long line of sneakerheads. My brother is a huge sneakerhead. It sounds like you're in the middle yeah. like you are yeah, but you I mean, aren't yeah. yeah and as i got older yeah i paid attention to my own style of fashion i mean it used to be when you were a kid you just kind of fell in line it's like whatever is the biggest thing at that time you try to like do the best you can to follow the trends but now as an adult like yeah you you kind of just make it up as you go like and nobody right. cares but as far as the shoe game goes I try to keep up as best as I could when I was a kid. If my mom wasn't making no money, then I ain't get no damn shoes. I had to facts. Yeah. <laughs> it's just whatever shoe you had, you just had to maximize the hell out of them. But yeah. I was a rough kid with everything, anything new. But with that said, the movie Air was pretty damn good, huh? So okay, so I'm gonna say this, and you can eye roll if you want, but I like movies with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon in them. I, know, I was just saying, yeah, yeah. I like movies with those two in there because they're friends in real life. They have such a dynamic on the screen when they are together. The guy who created the shoe, the Air Jordan, he died a couple months before the film came out. But he was also the guy who came out with the silhouette, the Jumpman. He was oh. the one who designed the Jumpman for the Jordan. That will replace the Nike sign. He put the Air Jordan on there. No, so. that was brilliant. Well, what yeah. is your favorite Jordans of all time? I'm going to cop out. I'm going to say the Lost and Found Air Jordan 1s. They are a specific design of the Jordan 1 where they're beat up. Like, they look like Jordan wore them. Like, the leather is cracked. 
it's designed to look this way. Like he lost these shoes. The box is all beat up. The paper that comes in it is newspaper wrapping. And then there's a shoe tab in it that says one pair of Jordans, such and such amount of money. Like they really designed the hell out of that shoe. It's really cool. So they designed a shoe to look beat up. Yeah. And I mean, you have to not, pay for that shit. They're not literally beat up, but they look, they're supposed to emulate the fact that these were Jordan shoes this that got lost. This guy is just getting something. away with every damn thing. <laughs> like, come on, dog. Now we. <laughs> I know. I know. I know, dude. I know. I know. I, and you know, I shouldn't even. How be is he getting away with su- this? He I hasn't played in support- 20 years. I shouldn't be supporting this. But you know, it's designers, man. It's these designers out here, Tinker Hatfield and all these other designers that get their hand on these shoes and decide to make something completely different the design of shoes i think is art full stop yeah i just don't like well the price of it because shoes in my head is just designed for you to wear them and for them to be comfortable so when you get yeezys and jeezys or whatever the hell they're called yeah they cost three four hundred dollars like where where what they do yeah what the yeah hell? <laughs> i'm not buying no yeezys i mean if you even look at them on your foot looks gross they look they look like a modern art museum like it looks like you're wearing it looks looks like a roach yeah i don't know what the hell it is (laughs) i mean supposedly they're comfortable shoes i've had some bought for me i didn't buy them and they were very comfortable they were like but i have weird feet i have flat feet so no shoe stays comfortable for me very long and then the birkenstocks the sandals you're paying a fortune for those too you know what i'm saying it's name brand stuff that's the problem if you sell those and pay less no nobody one will them. buy them no one will get it because remember the starberries like they were selling <laughs> or the shacks <laughs> yeah the shacks those were being sold at Payless. even the british knights the british knights oh and the, yeah remember the and, pump-ups uh, it was a re- yeah, that the, was reebok, reebok. yes reebok. and then they had la lights yeah, I've never got to, those, but yeah. I tried to find some LA lights. The LA lights company is still open, but the shoe looks like a running shoe and it has a light on the front. It's not like the cool ones, like when we were a kid, the high tops. that when you, yeah, when you were walking, they would light up and stuff like that. So it's not like that. My favorite yeah. Jordans, of course, is the cliches, it's, it's the patent leather ones, the black and red, or the classics, the black and white patent leathers. I have the Space Jams, but it was like, oh, they're just all black and a little bit of blue. Hmm. All right. I have those too, secondhand. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, man, what a waste of money. But I have the Space Jams. I have the patent leather Chicago's, which are the black and red ones. Yeah, I wanted the black I have and red the, ones. I have the Space Jams, the white and black. I have those. The more they come out with these styles, the more like they're not. The, the shoe itself yeah. becomes less unique to me. I'm like, oh, it's just... Yeah, yeah, I'm so, with you. I'm with you. I also feel like, because Nike, even though Converse was beating Nike, it's so funny that when Nike reached its prime, they bought Converse. And Converse even gets out of hand with all these designer Converse. Like, it's a cloth shoe. And, you know, you get all these, like, designer art I don't know, like prints on the side and stuff like that. So. I used to rock Converse a lot, especially. Oh, I did too. I did too. College. That's when I really started buying up every Converse I can get my hand on. The all black Converse. I don't mean the high top. Like every Converse I can think of, but my feet could yeah. not take it. It's so flat that wearing them for a time it just hurts. 
but they've made a resurgence in gyms because people wear them when they're squatting like they're flat enough to oh yeah yeah for like working out and leg workouts they're flat to the ground it's almost like being barefoot but you get your full foot to the ground when you're doing leg presses and stuff like that the things you learn as an adult you know, you wish you could like go back and talk to you as a kid. Like I would probably tell myself it gets better, but prepare yourself because life comes at you fast, comes at you so fast. And that's what she said. And I think what I would say also is enjoy being you enjoy being a kid, but enjoy being yourself because your identity is so unique that people will follow you. You don't have to follow other people's trends. So that's what I would tell myself. But what would you say, John? I would have told myself back then, be different. It's okay to be different. Because I didn't feel like my true self until I met you. (laughs) Same here. And Yeah, I didn't feel like my true self until I met you and the rest of the classmates that we were with. Because... Then I could appreciate like listening to rock and I had a more appreciation for doing things outside the box, going places that I wouldn't normally go. I didn't feel that before. Before I was hanging out with, you know, other black people, which is cool, you know, but I didn't feel like myself. I always felt like an outsider because of the type of things that I like to do. Like I love rock and roll. I love, I, I just do. Like if I can listen to rock and roll over hip hop, I will. I just like you rock and roll. You know something man. weird? Yeah. People in my life that saw me one way as a kid and then saw me grow up to be another thing, they can't comprehend how, and you're probably the same way, how you could love both equally. Like, oh yeah. man, you don't like hip hop no more? Damn, you don't listen to hip hop? Like, no, yeah. I, I still do. I still listen to all the stuff that yeah. I used to listen to. But you gotta understand, for 20 years of my life, the first 20 years, I was immersed in that. So I knew yeah. a lot about that. So now that I'm learning about something new, it's like, I wanna be immersed in this. It's not that I don't like the other stuff anymore. It's just like, I wanna catch up. Like, whoa, everything I listen to, Back in 2004, 2005, when I started listening to rock, right. was all new. So if you did a experiment with yourself, John, like pretend that you grow up loving rock and you got into rap at 25 instead, it would have been the same thing. It would have been like, yeah. what the hell is yeah. a, a DMX? What the hell is a Jay-Z? Yeah. What the hell is a Ron DMC? Who are these people? Who are but- these people? I was getting into house music, so like Daft Punk was mm-hmm. becoming very popular to me. You know, their album Homework was really good. You know, Daft Punk Alive, where they did their Alive concert. I was just into all of that, man. And and you know what? It helped me when I was in the military because I was such a broad person that I got along with everybody. You know, like I knew all kinds of music so I could fit in with anybody, you know. So it really helped me out. We talked about shoes and we talked about music, but honestly, the shoe game kind of came from the music that I listened to because yes. when rappers would mention certain clothing, certain shoes, everybody who was listening that I was hanging out with, we would like go out and try to buy those things or try to figure out what 
that rapper or musician was talking about. And the same yeah. thing happened when I started listening to rock and roll. It was like rock and rollers weren't talking about my Adidas or talking about what they will wear, but you would see them perform live and you would see what they were wearing. So, of course, you know, Kurt Cobain wearing flannel. I'm wearing motherfucking flannel. Right, right. He's wearing yeah. Converse. I'm wearing Converse. It's like right. you get fully immersed. But as far as the lifestyle of shoes and music, it kind of goes hand in hand, even if you don't really notice it at first. But when you brought it up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I did. And college changed, changed everything. And nobody was telling yeah. me to do it. It just felt right. Like, yeah. I was just shopping more at Hot Topic. Yeah. More or Spencer's, you know. But, I yeah. was dressing for leisure i was dressing to feel comfortable at all times i will wear converse ripped up jeans had an afro at the time ripped up shirts i will go to the club like that which seems weird to me now like yeah <laughs> but i remember it all went to well if i'm gonna make this music i gotta live this i gotta live this right. life and that's how it went but yeah no it's fascinating we'll talk about more of that maybe in the future but yeah. this is after school special podcast at staff man i'm don look us up instagram we do instagram lives supposed to be on fridays but sometimes we do yeah. it on saturdays we're kind of like leprechauns you got to catch us when you catch us <laughs> <laughs> yeah but after school special podcast on instagram at the school spe3 on twitter at the school special podcast.com is the website at the school special podcast on youtube even though it's been a long time since i've updated all of our videos on there it's coming and tiktok after school yeah. special three on tiktok look out for the lives on there they're gonna come yeah at some point look for us New episodes every Friday. Download, download, download. This is not radio. We don't get paid for this. However, yeah. we kind of mark our success with each download and each interaction that you guys, the audience, give to us. If we don't hear from you guys or we don't see a lot of downloads, we just assume that was like, oh, that was a bad episode. <laughs> Even though, personally, I think. 99% of all our episodes are good. And the ones that were okay, I blame myself. But continue to download, interact with us. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and interacting with us on Instagram. Like I said, I'm Double D, that staff man. And this was yep, After yep. School Special Podcast. Aaron is gone. He's a mercenary. He got fired again. So, <laughs> oh, he went back to Africa. Yeah. That's what it was. He went yeah, back, back to white Africa. White Africa. <laughs> So if guys have any ideas of what you want to hear next, more retro topics. I know we haven't done it for the last three or four episodes, but it was on purpose. Yeah. We'll probably get back to that the next episode or soon thereafter. But you guys have a good night. Bye, last year, kids. People. Hey, everyone. It's Aaron from After School Special Podcast. Like what you hear so far? But don't forget to subscribe and download the show on whatever platform you get your podcasts. And just a friendly reminder, we have new episodes out every Friday. Thanks for listening, everyone. Comes at you so fast. And that's what she said.